Yates on Sunday on News Talk. Brought to you by SSE Electricity Business Energy. Proud to power businesses all over Ireland. Energy at work for you. Well, every week in our big profile personal interview, we talk to someone of interest about their lives, about the contemporary political and social issues we face in Ireland today. And of course, there is no doubt one of the national crisis points in the country, whether it's rocketing rents or whether we heard last week from Peter McVeary about the scourge of homelessness, which has gone to epidemic proportions, that there is now a consensus that we must solve the problem of building 25,000, 30,000 new houses a year. So it's a great pleasure to welcome to the show Michael O'Flynn, because no man has built more thousands of houses than him, and he's doing it again. So let's find out what is the truth of the front line of house construction supply. Very welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, Ivan. Let's talk about that. What do you think is the reason why your industry is not building tens of thousands of houses for 300 grand a year, which is about the affordability range of a lot of people? Well, that's a complex question because there are a number of different reasons. The reality of the situation is it's not viable to build housing in a lot of places at this moment in time. House prices are too expensive because the cost base is wrong. And, you know, you have to look and analyse why is the cost base wrong. Why are we paying VAT of 13.5%? when up in north of Ireland or in the UK, you know, VAT is zero. Why, when the tourism industry was on its knees, they made a change in VAT, which had a huge impact? Why can't we reduce the cost of housing to enable builders like me, who who are willing to build, but we can't build unless we can fund. We can fund unless something is viable. So viability is a big issue. The cost base is a big issue. And there are a lot of issues around those areas. OK, well, we'll just say in a house of 400,000, give us a breakdown of your costs. Because I've spoken to Tom Parlin in this studio and said, why are house construction or house unit costs, new house unit costs, higher here than in the UK? Is it the cost of the land is too high? Is it the labour is too high? Is it your greedy profit margins are too high? What is the breakdown of a cost? Well, the reality is different economists have different figures, but up to 35 37% of the cost of a house goes back to the exchequer in one shape or form. In my opinion, the regulatory issues are a big problem. I'm not suggesting we lower standards, but you can't have regulatory issues that throw up the most expensive cost compared to other jurisdictions. You have to have a basic house. When I started building houses first 37 or 8 years ago, you actually had a basic house. Now there's no such thing as a basic regulatory situation. Everything, to use the car analogy, is a BMW type product. That doesn't work. People want a house. They want a basic house. They move on in life and they trade up. And that's the natural cycle of things. So the land is too expensive. Why is the land too expensive? A complex question. In my opinion, we don't have enough land zoned. We don't have enough land with infrastructure in the right locations. And, you know, we have a lot of land being held in funds who won't sell the land to the builder who wants to build. So it's a combination of too much tax, too much levies, development costs, the standards. So it's a whole host of things together, Ivan. Well, let me, let me break down and drill down those issues. We'll take the regulatory issue. The fact is we've seen priory halls. We've seen shoddy buildings being built at the peak of the boom. We've seen fire traps built. 
surely regulation is a good idea. Regulation is a good idea, and I'm not for one moment suggesting we shouldn't have the right standards. But I go back to the days of that awful stardust tragedy in the fire area, and every single building in the country got overloaded because people didn't do their business right. You look at this situation, there is no question the priory halls of this world were badly built, weren't done properly. But that doesn't mean that everyone... Was that poor enforcement or poor regulation? It was poor enforcement. You know, there's no question... What change in regulations would lower the regulatory cost of building a house? In other words, are you talking about the part five where it insists for every number of houses you built, you've got to build a social house for someone for the state? Okay. Part five is one of the tax costs I associate with housing. Why should people who save for their own house help provide public housing? Because that's what part five is. So, but, but tell me this, if they don't, because like, I asked Peter McVerry that very question, you know, someone who is struggling paying two and a half grand a month rent, or see someone come on television and say, I want a free house, be it an immigrant or a lone parent or whatever. And he said, well, who else is going to pay for it? Social solidarity. Yeah, but the government took the easy way out some years ago when they brought in part five social and affordable. And at that stage, it was 20%, a combination affordable and social. The reality is, when we are doing our cost assessment, we're putting in part five as a cost element. And that cost element is going in before we arrive at our total cost to which we had a profit. We have to be profitable. And trust me, there was times when housing became too profitable and that drove land prices. But to go back to the part five, you're talking about VAT, you're talking about part five, which is 10%. Well, what would you replace it with? Well, it's up to the state to provide housing, social housing. The state absconded its responsibility when it came to building social housing some years ago. And they thought there was a very convenient way by passing it over to the private sector. The private sector, it was only a short-term measure that actually worked when the market was buoyant. But at this moment in time, housing isn't viable. We are struggling for people to be able to afford. I mean, your average couple that I for years and years sold houses to are now struggling to actually buy a house. So we have to keep prices at a level that people can actually buy. So you don't drive on the sales prices. You must look at the cost base. And with all due respect, Simon Coveney as Minister for Housing, I think is doing a fair job. He's tackling the issues. But as a minister in housing, he's not going to be able to fix the problems unless he has the government support. And the Minister for Finance. And, Minister and so Finance and the Taoiseach and, and everybody. from landlord investment issues in terms of the return they get on their investment, the VAT issue and all those issues. One of the other things that has been spoken about on the regulatory side is planning. Now, there's a couple of aspects to this. There's the national planning framework of whether in Dublin we need to be going up 20 storeys in the sky in certain parts of Dublin to get the density issue, as they've done in other cities, whether we should be developing alternative cities to Dublin. Then there's the issue of the objector culture, Board Planola, and local authorities. Do you find the planning system a restrictor on delivering supply of houses or not? I do find it a restrictor. There are some local authorities that I would say are an exception. But by and large, local authorities haven't bought into this fact that they're there to give planning, not to see how can planning be refused. I've had some very bad experiences in local authorities. And I would be 
complementary of some, but highly critical of others, in that we don't have a system that's open to development. I'm talking about proper development. I'm not talking about not doing a good job. But at the end of the well, day... what are you talking about? Are you talking about people that are too rigid? Are you talking about people that are too dictatorial? They're not can-do people? What are you talking about? I, I don't think you have any idea, Ivan, as to how, many, how much time is spent trying to get planning talking about years not months we're trying to get meetings pre-planning meetings and then you get a further information request out that's as long as your arm despite the fact you might have done the most professional application of all time and I mean you look at this you think they're covering their ass no I, I think there's a culture of like it's meant to be planning and economic development but it's all about planning there isn't a proactive, positive approach. It's not the case in all local authorities, and I want to stress that. But in a lot of local authorities, they are not open to, first of all, the crisis we're in and the speed that's needed. And you talk about the fast-track planning that came in and on board. And the strategic development zones, have they worked? They haven't worked. Why not? Because the concept is good. Cherrywood? No, well, Cherrywood hasn't a house built and it must be a strategic development zone with... 10 years at this stage because it's all about the development agency and the development agency out in that location is under Dunleary Ratdown and in fairness to Dublin City Council are probably one of the better exams in the country down in the docks where a strategic development zone has worked but if you look around the country and we have one in Cork and we have one in Waterford and we have a number of them in Dublin and perhaps Adamstown has worked because it started at a poor time and maybe it wasn't as, as successful as it might have been if the market was good. The concept is right, but they're taking far too long. I mean, people would say they're the slow development zones rather than the strategic development okay. zones. But can I put it to you, mother of three might say in Ashburn or somewhere like that, so these people like Michael Friend, they'd build on a floodplain if you let them. And we've seen the problems with floods and so on. The builders, you know, really haven't much regard to the long term. Well, we do. And we, like, this is just a, a critical assessment that's made without people understanding how developers work. We've we seen don't. floods, though. We've seen floods, but can I just put it to you, first of all, that it's up to the local authority to zone land in the right place. They shouldn't be zoning land in floodplains. You know, when it comes to the stage of the actual developer making a planning application, if we're down to a fundamental of a floodplain, I ask the question, why are we even discussing it if that work isn't done? There has been a lot of work done on that in recent years. But we've often bought land that isn't in a floodplain, and by the time it gets to a planning application, it has floodplain implications. So if you sit on our side, it's become very, very difficult to... And like you mentioned Umbor Planola there. I mean, look at the current situation in Umbor Planola. Fast-track planning, which... I'm all in favour of. How many months are we waiting for that legislation to pass? I mean, instead of it speeding up planning, it's actually held back planning because a number of people have been waiting for applications to lodge because the actual legislation, having been enacted back whenever, hasn't actually come into force and what's yet. your experience at Borplanola? Well, I think Borplanola are doing a fair job. I think they have a difficult task. I was one of those advocates in favour of housing going to Umbor Planala directly for fast-track planning. But at this moment in time, Ivan, I don't know if you're aware, Umbor Planala has nine board members. We're currently down to four board members. So we're actually adding to Umbor Planala's workload at the same time that five members have left or resigned or whatever. Some, I think, have come to their natural uh, retirement, or retirement whatever, and yeah. some, I think, have opted not to go ahead. But at a time we're adding to Umbor Planala's workload, we actually have the smallest number of board members possible. Just on the tax thing, just say they did like Northern Ireland, they zero-rated it for VAT. Sure, wouldn't you pocket the difference 
in well, the retail price of a house? Well, I've said, first of all... Or is there anything we could do to stop that? If that changes, whether you have a clause in your contract with me or not on VAT, I will not take VAT off a client if I'm not returning it to the state. Now, a lot of solicitors... No, but you might say, ah, oh, well, this house is still retailing it. Well, in terms of houses that are actually sold, even though legally we might be entitled to take the price because we're taking the risk on VAT, a lot of solicitors strike out the VAT clause, which it's unlikely it'll ever go up. So they really strike it out and with the likelihood that it may go down. I would put it to you that this is the problem, really. We are afraid to change the VAT in case the builder runs away with the money. There might be an interim situation where some builders will run away with money. But if we're serious about tackling this housing crisis, and I question if we're serious, because I I don't see a government action that actually reflects the seriousness of the situation. We have to tackle the cost base. We have to tackle zoning land. We have to tackle infrastructure. Let's talk about infrastructure. As I understand infrastructure, it's electricity, water, sanitary service, roads, broadband. Whose job is it to provide it? Is that the developer's job? Like, what are the obstacles to making sites that are zoned with planning permission shovel-ready? Well, you know, there was a time when advanced planning work was done. So if a site got zoned, it was on the expectation that it was either had infrastructure or infrastructure was going to happen. We now have a situation, and I have land in Cork a long number of years that hasn't got infrastructure even though it had zoning. So infrastructure is the remit of the local authority. And the or Irish Water now? Irish Water now, of course. That complicates it further because it's a new structure and before you go into the local authority and you could do your business there, that included the services, the foul and storm. A lot of people think well, Irish Water is only about water. Of course it isn't. Now we have the situation where we have a separate body who are finding their feet and haven't really got into full motion yet. And is it worse or better? Well, I don't think it's better, but I'm not saying it's worse at this point because they're finding their feet and they're trying to get to grips with it. But the reality is we don't have enough infrastructure. Now, I've advocated in the past, Ivan, that we should work, look at this country and say, where do we need houses? What type of housing do we need? Because we're going to end up with an FDI problem here, foreign direct investment, Absolutely. where people won't have houses. And if you did a market analysis of where you need houses and what houses do you need, and then you zone a new infrastructure for that. Like, go back to the crazy days and we got a lot of bad publicity around the world of ghost estates. I mean, a lot of those estates should never have been built. But before they were built... They were in the wrong place. Yes, but before they were built, they had to be zoned. They had to have infrastructure. They had to get planning. And then they got funding. And a lot of those people would be better off if they never got funding. So I would say to you that this local authority system of zoning and infrastructure is to be questioned. And if you're serious about tackling housing, you must tackle the raw material inputs that make the difference. And I would strongly suggest that we should have a national infrastructure authority and a national zoning authority. Would that I don't not create more like Irish water has created a new layer of bureaucracy? It, would that not create another layer of bureaucracy with the local authorities? It might, but it might create an interim layer that, or an in-between scenario that... To kick ass. yes. But the reality is, Ivan, we can't have a situation like we have at the moment. We don't have enough zone land in Dublin. We're driving up the price of land. We don't have enough zone land in Cork. We have land that's not for sale that's zoned, and farmers are entitled not to sell their land. So how do we get over this problem of rising land prices, which is rising house prices? Okay, that brings us on to one of the largest asset owners of land and property is NAMA. And my own view of NAMA is that they've been very self-serving in saying how they've made a profit for the state when they got very cheap assets from the bank and they sold them for a little bit more money. 
They've brought vulture funds into the country. There's evictions taking place all over the place. But the fact of the matter is they smashed up the developer, builder, residential constructor. And now when we need that class of people, they're no longer there. Am I being unfair to NAMA? No, you're not, you're not being unfair. There's no doubt NAMA had a difficult job because there was no precedent for what they were set out to do. But NAMA didn't do anything like they were supposed to. We, we all bought into a national asset management agency. It was anything but an asset management agency. It was a liquidation agency. You know, they set out to save the banks, but they actually broke the banks because of the valuation and the transfer prices. But the piece that really got to me in NAMA, when myself and others like us... Paddy sum- McKillen, Daly... Sum- yeah, submitted business plans. Well, McKillen actually took a challenge there. Yes. Maybe we all should have, but we were all trying to do the right thing at the time. And we all bought into a structure that was anything but the structure it turned out to be. And they never separated the good builders, professional builders from people who accidentally ended up in development for whatever reason. But instead of NAMA working with the people in the industry who had structures and platforms and who were capable and who had contributed enormously to the economy, they set out to break those structures up and have no doubt about it. There was an agenda, not just to stop development, but to make sure that some of those structures weren't going to re-emerge from the ashes. And if they took a long... Do you think there was a vindictive approach? A populist kind of, almost like show trials? In other words, that we'll sort these guys out and their helicopters and their racehorses and all that? There was a gung-ho approach, and I'm not saying for a moment that developers didn't make mistakes. But we've served this country well in terms of providing accommodation, housing and office, and all the development categories that are growing, are thriving. The built environment. The built environment. But there's no doubt, like, NAMA had no respect for the developer community. And, like... Did they understand the sector? Well, the funny thing about it is that they didn't understand the sector. They didn't set out to understand the sector, because if they did, they would have made sure that the professional builders... Like, development is a business. Like, my experience there was we were treated as if we had a collection of assets... And the best return for the state was to liquidate Could them. they have got more money if they worked with builders? There's no question. I mean, there is no question that... Both here in the UK? There, they, they're, look... Do you think there was a fire sale of assets? There was no, there's no question there was a fire sale of assets, but there's also no question in that they destroyed a awful lot of structures that are now needed to build housing. So the numbers of people out there to do the business of development has greatly reduced. Would you support an inquiry into NAMA? You've heard of Project Eagle and the controversy there, and governments have resisted that? Well, look, you know, I'm out of NAMA, and that led to other issues that, that I dealt with. With Blackstone. And I just want to move on from that phase of my life even though I have some unfinished business in relation to my material got leaked out of NAMA and I've a current, there's a current case on that, so I don't want to comment on You also on it. took a complaint to the EU Commission with other... What's the current state of play? This was where you were objecting to NAMA effectively getting state aid to build 20,000 houses. Surely that's a good thing. Well, OK, well, in the budget back in fifth, late fifteen, it was announced that NAMA were going to house building. I, I, I couldn't quite understand or believe it um, so a number of us came together to try and see what could be done because remember we were out of NAMA we were in the open market trying to develop housing and there is no question in my mind and lots of other minds economists independent and the like that NAMA's cost of funds is such that there is no way it's not state aid And the interesting thing is when we made our complaint, which is about 18 months ago now, and we're hopeful during the summer we will have a decision on this, 
immediately now I up the cost of funds to certain developers. And I, myself and my colleagues aren't exactly popular with some of the developers who are still in NAMA. So there's no question that NAMA building houses, and I question very much how many houses they will actually build, has kept other funds out, funding developers out of building. I know in our case... What's the state of play with the EU complaint? Is, there, is it litigation or what is it? No, it's a formal complaint that's with the Competition Commissioner's Office and it's very close to being adjudicated upon. And it's a very complex case. But given that they're sitting on prime land and have the opportunity, surely that's against the housing supply argument you're making by preventing NAMA getting builders to do that. Well, is it dog in the manger? I know, but you see, it's extremely frustrating when people don't understand the reality. The reality is a lot of those sites at NAMA are getting developers to do giant ventures on, and there's lots of clever things happening of late, possibly to circumvent the state aid situation. That's actually keeping private house builders out of the market. So you're not solving the problem. You're actually impacting on the supply. We won't compete. We can compete with NAMA house builder. I've no problem with NAMA house builders making a living, but there's a thing called a free market. You can't have money available to people in NAMA at a price that's substantially less than the cost in the marketplace. So rather than adding to the housing supply situation, I would contend that NAMA in the house building business, which they were never set up to do, and if it wants to go back to Dáil Éireann and get the legislation to build it, and we pass it as a law, I'll accept it. But that was not what NAMA were set up to do. And our complaint is saying to Europe, look Europe, here's the situation, you adjudicate if this is state aid or not. We could have taken other routes at the time, we probably misunderstood the time frame it would take to get a decision. I'd be very hopeful with the expert economists we used in Europe for this job that there's no question this is state aid. How they'll deal with it, I don't know. What projects are you currently working on here? We're building houses in Dublin, we're building houses in Kalini, we're building houses in Lucan, we're building a large student accommodation scheme, 965 beds developing that in conjunction with BlackRock, who are one of our funders. We've done substantial student accommodation schemes right throughout the UK and indeed in Germany and had one in Spain. So we would have a lot of experience of student accommodation. We did two student accommodation blocks in Cork, one in the 90s and one in the zeros. And we're doing probably building on five, six housing schemes in Cork. We, you know, we probably built just over 200 houses last year we hopefully will build more this year, but we're very market dependent. And, you know, the central bank restrictions are forcing people to pay more for rent than they would pay for if they were on a mortgage. That's another issue. So, you know, it's the price of houses, it's the cost base, it's the land, it's the infrastructure. And I would say that the central bank restrictions, the multiplier is too low. Um, three and a half times the salary is too low for people and people are finding themselves and I know of families in this situation that they're paying more for rent and they'll ever pay than they would pay in a mortgage people need to get on with their lives and get back on, on, on the actual housing ladder but unless we deal with supply fundamentals and remember I, I was with someone this morning who economists predicting 35,000 houses is required now, not even 25 to 30 which is what the ESRI and others are saying we're supplying I'd say in the greater around the country with a lot of one-offs but probably supplying 10 
I know there's figures for 15, but a lot of those are reconnections because it's an ESP um, format they're decided on. I, I, I think, I think this crisis is a way bigger than people think it is. Some people say, finally, that there's a lag time between making the policy changes that's in Rebuilding Ireland and actually getting the houses. And that don't worry, we're well on the road to achieving the 25,000. Do you think if there's no policy change, everything stays the way it is right now in May 2017, June 2017, how many houses will we have a year? I think we have no prospect of delivering the number of houses that are required in the foreseeable future. I think we're going to run run into all sorts of issues like skill, skill basis as well. I think to answer your question, if we get to um, 15,000, 17,000, we'll do awfully well. Uh, What I'm now hearing from independent is that that's only half of what's required. And when we get over 20, and I'm not saying we won't in time, but we won't get there, Ivan, unless there is change, unless the crisis is taken more serious by the government, unless the local authorities become part of the solution, and unless we face up to the rising cost and the rising price of land as well as the infrastructure it, it, there are a lot of issues there that need to be pulled together and we don't have a, we don't have a great voice in the room you know we get listened to a bit and then people make decisions I don't see um, I don't see a business that's going to get smooth anytime soon and it, to have to have the business of house building will only work if the people in it are able to fund and develop Michael O'Flynn, one of the country's foremost builders. Thank you for being my guest on Yates on Sunday. A lot of food for thought. We'll have all the sport next. Yates on Sunday on News Talk. Now, before we get to the sport, I just want to let you know that that discussion there with developer Michael O'Flynn took place before uh, the latest news from NAM and the Minister of Finance at the end of this week. That was regarding a supposed site levy on land which is not being developed. Michael O'Flynn's response to that is that he thinks there should have been a development clause from the start when all of this land was being sold off, that this new levy in the budget won't make much difference. And he also thinks where there's land that's being held up because of delays in planning or lack of infrastructure, then that shouldn't be subject to a new levy as it's not the case of it being hoarded. But his central concerns remain, though, as they were just expressed to you there about NAMA and also the regulatory and planning issues in terms of housing supply, they still stand. We also offered NAMA a right of reply to the views from Michael O'Flynn, but they declined to comment. Yates on Sunday on News Talk. Brought to you by SSE Electricity Business Energy. Proud to power businesses all over Ireland. Energy at work for you.